You're listening to Paris a State of Mind on Paris Underground Radio. For more great content, join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Paris Underground Radio. Welcome to Paris a State of Mind. Join us as we talk about the good, the bad, the ins, the outs of property rentals and purchases in and around Paris. We'll have topics for renters, owners, and visitors, share questions we are regularly asked, and more. My name is Gail Boisclair of Perfectly Paris, and my co-host is Marie Pistinier of Lokim Paris Be a Part of It. Both of us are proud members of the SPLM, the first representative body of furnished rental professionals. Hi, Marie. We're back in the studio with some very exciting uh, news and a very special guest. How are you doing? As usual, always good. So it's very, very good to see you, even though uh, people are just listening to us, but everything is going uh, very fine. I'm doing very fine. <laughs> well, our super guest that we have with t- us today is a returning guest. The wonderful Adrienne Leeds, we had her on episode 18 and 19, where we were having a two-part series about fractional ownership. We were so overwhelmed at all the wonderful information that she gave us that we thought we really need to get her back in here and talk about other things. And today we want to talk with Adrienne about the advantages of having a flat hunter. Adrienne, how are you? (laughs) Great. And thank you so much, Gail and Marie. It's a pleasure to be back on with you. So tell me, what's your big question today? I have to make a little disclaimer before to to precise that, of course, we are all professional here. So we we have some some point of view on the do-it-yourself and go through a professional, especially in France. So... um, Edwin, I see that you may have something to say already. I let you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I I have always believed in dealing with professionals because trying to be everything to everyone is just impossible. And you can't possibly know everything you need to know that the professionals have, you know, they're educated, they have experience. And so Generally speaking, I believe in using professionals, and therefore, I certainly believe that the people we work should be using us as professionals. So, you know, uh, on that topic alone, this is just, it's too important in your life to be sure that you have the right advice, regardless of, you know, whether you're dealing with your taxes, right, your financial issues, uh, and advice on real estate, which is just, you're spending huge sums of money, so why not hire professionals to help you? just makes no sense. Well, and I mean, time is money. So the advantage I feel of using a professional is, yes, it costs you a little bit more money in the beginning, but in reality, you're going to save money because you have a professional to guide you on so you don't waste time and money doing something that you don't need to be doing. Oh, there's no question about that. I mean, we certainly save our clients quite a lot of money, time, angst, anxiety, you name it. (laughs) But money in particular, because when you take certain large risks that could cost you a tremendous amount of money later, it's just not worth it. I agree. How does somebody even vet like a professional to find them a flat in Paris or anywhere? Well, okay, let me start with the idea that in France, there's no multiple listing service. You know, in the United States, there's a multiple listing service that means that when a property goes on the market, it goes 
on the market everywhere. Every agent has access to that property at the same moment. And what that means is that the agents actually don't work so much for the seller as they work for the buyer because they have access to everything and they assume that they're going to share their commissions. And therefore, you can, as a client, you can go to one agent and they have everything in front of you. Okay, but here in France, there's no multiple listing service. So that means every agency only has its own little pocket of properties to sell. And quite honestly, they only care about selling those properties. They don't care about the buyer's interest. They only care about the seller's interest. Therefore, there is information that they are going to avoid telling you. I mean, let's face it, as a client, they're not going to say, okay, here's an apartment that has these attributes, but it has all these negative <laughs> liabilities as well. Whereas when we're working with a client because they've hired us to protect them, we're going to point out all the negative aspects of a property and make sure that they go into this with their eyes wide open. That's extremely important. So in terms of the finding, sure, anybody can go from agency to agency. They can look at all the listings online. They can look up at, you know, what's for sale with the signs. They can do, they can do the legwork, right? Even if they have the time, they can do the legwork. But they're not going to be treated as well by the agencies because they don't have the same level of clout that we have. And they're going to have to do a tremendous amount of their own research to find out what's really true. And so it just, in the end, it's a big risk for the individual buyer. Buyer or renter. We didn't mention the show that you're pretty uh, famous for uh, on the hunt of properties uh, in France. Uh, maybe you can tell us a little word on that before we keep on on the little details. Well, oh, Marie, you must be talking about House Hunters International. Exactly. House Hunters International is a popular TV show produced by HGTV, House and Garden TV. I've been doing their shows since 2006. I've filmed 50 episodes. Oh. They air all over the world. And I'm about to film my 51st coming up here in Epernay, as a matter of fact. And, you know, the premise of the show is whether it's a rental or a purchase. So they follow a buyer or tenant to look at three properties. And we look at the three properties and then they have to decide which one they're going to choose. And you help them choose those, those properties and uh, you with your eyes and uh, with all the little details in order to, to see what could be the best for them? Well, of course. Okay, what's interesting, though, about my shows being different from the other shows that are produced with other agents is that the other agents are sales agents. So they don't have the same relationship with the buyer or renter that I have, okay, because they're, they're representing the seller or the landlord, right? So the difference is you'll see another agent go in and they'll go, here's the kitchen, you know, <laughs> whereas I walk in and say, Well, here's the kitchen and here are the kinds of appliances, but what you're missing in this kitchen is this. <laughs> More objective because you're, as you say, you're working for the buyer or the renter. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, our, you know, our client is who matters, period. Okay. So the approach is a little bit different. And so I, I think my shows are a little bit different and maybe that's why they're popular. <laughs> No, I think they're popular because of you and your sparkling personality. Oh, thank you, Gail. 
<laughs> so yes, yeah, so b back to the um, system. So we know that France is much different with the non-unique uh, listing when you knock to an agent door. And one of the points also, and uh, I'm saying that because I'm a real estate agent myself, that some agents are not really open to share their listings because actually we, c we can. So, but I, I know that in Paris, for example, uh, for the city I, I know most, if you are, um, you are working for a, for a buyer and then you knock to several agents because eventually they may have this specific listing your client is looking for, some of them are not willing to share, right? In fact, Paris has pretty much universally decided not to share their commissions with the chasseur, the other uh, searchers, or other agencies. I mean, just across the board. Whereas they will share commissions more openly in other parts of France, in the South, and in the countryside. And when that happens with us, when we have a commission share, we refund that back to our clients. So they've paid us a particular fee. We get a commission share from the selling agency. We refund it back to the client. In the end, it could end up costing very, very little for our clients to work with us at all. Now, this is not, does not happen with the rentals, however. It's really only with the purchases. Yeah, because uh, the rentals you do have, uh, especially on the commission, now it's not as free as it used to be. So there is some specifics that you have to, to follow. And it's, I guess, complicated to share. Uh, depending on the size of the properties people are looking for, sometimes it's, if it's too small, it's complicated to have any share. It doesn't work for the agent or for yourself. So Okay, the truth is that the rentals, the search for the rentals is so much more difficult than a search for a purchase. And it's not so much the search for the property itself. It's the ability to secure the lease on behalf of our clients who are more than likely not French, more than likely not working with a CDI contract in France. And so the landlord doesn't want to take the risk of getting someone who's going to squat or they have no way of attaching, you know, the rent money, right? So they require a lot of security and we have to go through an awful lot of hoops to just convince the landlord that our, you know, North American, maybe retirees, okay, have the money, will be fine, are going to pay the rent, don't worry about it. Because otherwise, they really feel insecure. And that's the hardest part. So, you know, we charge a fee that's equivalent to one month's rent with a certain minimum, which we think is the least amount from our perspective, even though it might be expensive for the, for the tenant. We, but it's a lot of work, a lot, a lot of work. Because it's you have to look for the listings, you have to make some viewings, yeah. you have then to suggest the file and to make sure that it has been ex it's accepted, which is not easy. I see that on on my side as well. Sometimes you have many documents, and especially people from uh, North America or even people in, from countries. Uh, when I have uh, clients who come from Asia with all the documentation in Korean or Japanese, and it's so complicated to at a certain point make sure that the owner is going to trust that. Yeah, to accept it. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, right. We pull together a dossier. We have an advance letter we send to the agencies, which basically describes the kind of clients we have. Then we ask our tenant, our tenant client to do a, you know, a lettre de motivation, right? One of those letters that says, dear landlord, I love France and I really <laughs> want to be here and blah, blah, blah. So that, you know, there's a connection because you know how important the relationship is. So we, yes, we have to go through an awful lot of hoops on their behalf behalf. Sometimes we have a hard time convincing our clients that they have to 
be very flexible on what property they're going to accept. They have to make trade-offs because it's really more that the landlord chooses the tenant than the tenant chooses the apartment. Exactly. You know, you're you're at their mercy (laughs) and you just have to say, okay, you know, I've got a 30-day cancellation, so I'm going to take this apartment for now and I'm going to live in it for a few months. And, you know, if I can't, if I can't make it, then I can find something else later, but let's just settle on this now. I mean, we have to do things like that. Yeah. For the listener, we have to to precise that uh, in most of the countries, when you don't pay the rent, then you are kicked out and it's very easy. In France, it's not that way. There is a lot of protection for the tenant once they are in it. So that's why usually... uh, owners and sometimes agents are just doing too much thing before in order to make sure that everything is secure because they know that once people are in it, even if uh, if it's uh, sometimes like a, a partially paid rent and it's complicated to, to stop the lease like that. In theory, it's possible, but in uh, practical, you it does take a lot of times. This is one of the reasons why. And also because uh, if I can say so, sometimes you have tenants who are um, not correct it's very rare in my 17 years old of experience. I, I, Not our clients. Our clients are all perfect. Of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> no, but I mean that on the real estate side, like it happens. Sometimes you have people and the problem is that like, one guy just not paying his rent and or trashing a, a properties. And then it's like, I don't know how many owners who know that and who are just being uh, scared of renting that. So it's really, uh, but it's, it's very rare. But when it's happened, it's, it costs the damages for, for the next tenants to come in. Look, the, the, the laws favor the tenant. Okay. They favor the underdog and the administrators who are trying to protect the under, underdog don't actually realize that it takes two to tango. The, it has to be a win-win for both. Otherwise it's not going to work. Yeah. So the landlords then have to protect themselves. And because they have to protect themselves, the tenant ends up losing out. It hurts the tenant. So it actually doesn't work. Okay. The way the laws are designed don't actually work the way they want, with the way they want them to. No. And that's why we're having to, you know, go through all these hoops. If you're enjoying this episode of Paris, A State of Mind, you may also be interested in our sister podcast, Don't Miss This. Join Jennifer weekly for the scoop on what's happening in Paris. Paris, A State of Mind will be right back after a word from our sponsors. And now back to Paris, A State of Mind. So where can you help people find a flat, whether for purchase or rental? Just in Paris? No, 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 no. We have, well, I have, a, I have a good team in Paris. I have a good solid team down in Nice because these are the two primary spots where North Americans are looking. However, uh, we can really work just about anywhere. I've got a specialist uh, in the countryside who's doing this Provence and the Southwest. And we're working really all over the country. It's it's not all that complicated. You know, it's usually just a short train ride away. Yeah. I just came back from Nice. Uh, no, I lie. Antibes last Antibes. night. <laughs> ah, lovely. Well, I'm headed down there on Wednesday. We have a conference, a three-day conference in Nice, and then we're giving a tour to Provence. And so um, I'm headed down there for that. 
And what do you do at your conferences? Oh, the conference is so much fun. It's called the Living and Investing in France Conference. We have a full day of professional speakers, which is going to cover everything from all the financial aspects to the legal aspects to finding property and even cultural crossings, you know, everything the newcomer needs to know. And then we're taking a full day to visit the entire Riviera from Nice to Montau and back by coach, by motor coach. We have a one day of open house tours, which is not done in France, but we're actually opening up properties so that they can tour them. And we're doing a special Q&A session. So that's the three days of the conference. And then we have this five-day tour to lots of beautiful villages and cities in uh, Provence. That's a really good way for somebody to truly understand what it's like for living or investing in France. So perfect, perfect name for your workshop. Wow. It's, it's amazing. I've done, I've literally done dozens of these conferences. We started them in 2002. I've done them uh, in the U S and in France, both. And uh, these are designed primarily for people who are interested in the South. What advice would you give to people when trying to source, I guess, a, a flat hunter, a professional? You mean trying to find someone like me? Yeah. Well. I mean, obviously they can use you, which we would recommend. (laughs) I suppose that you could interview, a client could interview everyone and uh, see what their rate structure is and how they work and decide who's going to do the best job for them. The bottom line is you need to trust who you're working with. So That's what I would recommend is that you just, you know, if you're out there looking for someone to to work with, just make sure you can trust them 100%. That's the most important thing. That's way more important than the cost of the service. You can ask for reviews. You can also ask them for uh, contact with their previous clients in order to to have some feedback. And uh, there is also the real estate who are doing not the sales, but directly only the flat hunting or the property hunting. And in that case, you do have to verify uh, their professional cards and every little detail that you can trick in the who we are, for example, in order to make sure that you are uh, you are facing a legit company. Well, interestingly enough, okay, if you are a French chasseur, then by French law, you cannot take any fees or commissions in advance, and you are paid by the commission split with the agency. And that works against the buyer. It works against the chercheur and it works against the buyer because... It depends on the, on your contract because there is some companies who are doing a contract where they are just, as they said, that they're not going to share with the other agent. So it's also a good way for them to contact other agents and to share, okay, I am being paid by my uh, by my clients. So there is nothing to share with you. I mean, you are not going to share your, your own commission. So well, that's the point. That's the point. Because the moment the agency sees a chasseur, they're not going to show that person the best properties they have on there. Why would they want to share a commission? No, they're not. they don't need to do that. That's right. That's right. But the chasseur needs to be able to also go to the agency and say, look, my client is paying us. Okay, we have to do this. We go up front and say, you know, we're going to handhold the client. You have no work because that's another big deal. The agencies don't want to have to handhold a foreign client. It's too much work. So when we go in there and say we're being paid by the client, 
They have, you know, this, they are qualified. This is a good client worth doing the work. We're going to do all the work for you. Then they love us. Of course. Yes. So we've developed some really amazing relationships with the agencies out there who, you know, will show us properties that aren't even on their books yet. Yeah, usually that's the deal in the end. Once you work with them, then they can give you kind of exclusivity. When, when they have a new thing in their portfolio, they can share that with you. Of course, the more qualified your clients are and the more maybe one of the things we could say would be advanced maybe in all the financing and everything because for the rentals, we know that we have to have the dossier which is like the classical things. And it's good to have a, a motivational letter and everything coming up. But when you're on, on the purchase, then it's also very important to for an agent when you bring them a client, uh, for them to know that it's a bit advanced in the search for the financing and everything. So they don't, they are not going to deal with tourists because this is one of the issues uh, for, for agents. French or not French? Oh, that's right. The agencies that are on the street, I'm sure people walk in all day long and want to see a property and they don't know what to do with these people because they're, they're unqualified. Yeah. Um, we don't even start a search until the financials are in place. So there's just no point. If the money's not there, then there's just no point in doing the, the search. I think that that in itself to, to help the buyer or renter compile all their dossier, those are things that people really don't understand. As you say, it's, it is overwhelming for foreigners. And I think that in itself is a great advantage of using somebody's services like yourself. Well, there's no question that, you know, when you've got someone to guide you through this maze, right, so that you can get out successfully <laughs> is very important. But, you know, we, we do, I'm sure like you, we do all the due diligence on all the documentation, which is all in French. It means that they don't have to have translations, which can be very, very expensive. And it's not even just the translations. It's really understanding the way the system and the laws work that are so, so, so different. Yeah. And, and they change a lot. So that, that's one of the things that, uh, because people say, okay, it's better to go directly through the owner if, when you want to rent or, or purchase, but the law is changing all the time. So you have new rules, new regulation, new way to have for the fees, for the energetic performance. We just talked about that with, with Gail in our previous episode. And there is so many things that the advantage of going through a professional, it would be like, at least they will give you an update and the information you'll get will be from the law on the day you are uh, signing your lease, for example. Like the French rules for uh, a lease itself, it's so complicated when you when you are not French. Uh, even though you you try to translate it through through Google, it's not working because it, there is so many little things to to know and understand that going through a professional seems to me like uh, things to do when you are one you are not sp fluent in the language. I don't really even understand after being in France 28 years how the French manage their legal system at all because you know the Napoleonic no I'm I'm really serious Napoleonic code is based on what's allowed and someone who's dead so that you know the rules you have to follow the rules okay I equate following French rules with being put in a straight jacket and then being asked to perform somersaults, you know? <laughs> and when you, when you talk to French lawyers, the only thing that they can do is try to decipher it and explain to you what it is you're supposed to do to follow it correctly, which is completely opposite English law, which is what the U.S. and Canada are based on, because 
because that's based on what's forbidden. So you know what you can't do, right? You don't steal, you don't kill, you don't do this, you don't do that. And then everything <laughs> else is possible. So the lawyers are now looking for all of those loopholes and things that provide freedom. It's a completely opposite way of working. And just deciphering French law? Oh my God, thank God I'm not a French lawyer is all I have to say. Because You and me both. It or a French accountant. Yeah. Oh, that, that right. That, anything like that. You're just, yeah, because trying to figure out what you are able to do within those set of rules is just a nightmare. But here we are, okay, trying to manage it, you know. Yeah, so that's, that's why at a certain point you do need some professional to guide you through that. Especially like, how do I, I end the lease? How do I make the, the offer when I want to, to make one? Like, there is so many little things that you can miss the point. You can, you can be really in trouble if you don't follow one rule. For example, if you have any issue to pay the rent, if there is things you don't do, then you, you are really doomed. <laughs> <laughs> Same for the owner as well. Like, uh, sometimes they just take some freedom on, on saying that, uh, okay, let's make a, a close where I can uh, check my apartment uh, once a year. Like, okay, but it's not legal. So at a certain point, going through a professional, then uh, the little line should be safe for you to, to stay in. You know, it's one of the first things I say to our clients is that they, <laughs> you can't write your own lease. You know, the agreement, okay, in English law, two people can agree to do anything, basically. I mean, they have freedom to decide what they can do between themselves, which is not true under Napoleonic Code. You know, there is a one-year, okay, furnished lease that has specific rules attached to it. There is a three-year unfurnished lease. It has its own specific rules. Then the individual cities can enforce those rules a little differently. <laughs> you know, it's just... Uh, I think it's overwhelming. Yes, Yeah. But if, even for us as agents, because it's been like more than 10 years, I've been in this business in 17 years. And in the last 10 years, we had new law, new rules, like every year or so. Like every new politician coming up, they want to have the law with their name on it. And then everyone is trying to make a little thing. So additionally to the list you mentioned, you have the student list, you have the mobility list, you have the civil list, which can be also for the corporate uh, housing. Right. It's crazy. So even for real estate, you, you do have to really grab the, the thing to try to understand everything and to make sure that you don't make any mistakes for your clients and for the, for the owner as well. And this is because of the following the rules. So when there's a list of rules and suddenly they, there's something they don't like, they just add another rule. Of course. They add another law, add another rule. Then they become completely convoluted and you don't even know which one to follow anymore. It's a millefeuille. Yeah, it's a meal foy. That's great. That's it. That is a good one. Yeah. Of, of laws. You know, and from the American perspective, which is rather open and simplistic, it's just a big tangled web that may is very hard for us to understand. I mean, I've, I find that from my side. We're always trying to just make some sense out of it, if nothing else. I remember like uh, having a lot of American people that, and I understood the way the culture that was doing that, but also in Europe, it's the same. I had all those Belgian people coming up in, in France and in Paris, and they were amazed when I, they were seeing the list I was sending them to say, okay, I need your last three uh, uh, salary uh, paycheck, uh, pay details and everything. 
your parents' uh, incomes, things like that. And they say, I don't understand. There I can go, I can check in, I can sign the lease, and that's it. And then tomorrow, if I don't pay, then they put me out. Even in Europe, you know, some other countries like the Belgium, which is very close, we think it's very close, but in but we have really a complicated uh, way of uh, doing laws. Yeah. Well, they may have a more Anglo-Saxon viewpoint on things because they're, you know, geographically closer to England and to Holland, where things are not quite so Latin. And so, so they may have a slightly different perspective and a little bit simpler. So that's why we are um, indispensable. Exactly. <laughs> and that's why, and a flat hunter, really, it's true. I mean, if you are coming to this country for the first time and don't know anything about what it's like here, I really do feel it's true. Your time is your money and your money should be go, going to a flat hunter that can help you save the time and save the money and save the headaches. <laughs> If you're enjoying this episode of Paris, A State of Mind, you may also be interested in our sister podcast, Storytime in Paris. Join Jennifer as she asks five questions to authors who've been inspired by Paris. Paris, A State of Mind will be right back after a word from our sponsors. And now back to Paris, A State of Mind. Well, I hear it all the time. Oh, I'm a real estate agent, you know, in the States, or I've bought and sold dozens of properties. And I just say, throw it out the window, okay? And let's just start over because it's not the same. I agree. I think. Well, you've convinced me. <laughs> Are you convinced, Marie? I'm fully convinced. <laughs> well, Adrian, thank you so much for all this information. I think it's been fabulous. Can you just uh, verbally let the readers know uh, what your website is and uh, how to contact you. Should they be looking for a flat hunter? Uh, sure. Okay. So the website's easy because it's just my name, adrianleeds.com. Adrian is spelled A-D-R-I-A-N-L-E-E-D-S.com. I write and uh, publish three newsletters a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Monday and Wednesday are lifestyle pieces. Thursday is called French Property Insider. It's specifically about property. I publish a tremendous amount of information and have been doing this since 1998. And all of my missives are in archives. So there's just an enormous amount of information on the site. We also do a monthly coffee gathering in Paris every month except for August on the second Tuesday of the month. But I have very a speaker every single month. It's always some different topic. And that's a good thing to participate in because it's a great way of meeting people. Of course, the conferences, the webinars, and all of that information is on our website. Perfect. Very good. Well, thank you. It's always so much fun to have you on our show. We can't wait to have you back. Well, anytime I'm here. Okay. And <laughs> ladies, it's been a pleasure. Uh, so, à la prochaine. À la prochaine. À la prochaine. Bye -bye. Merci beaucoup. Au revoir. Au revoir, Marie. Au revoir, Gail. 
Thanks for listening to Paris Estate of Mind featuring Gail of Perfectly Paris and Marie of Lokim, both who are founding members of the SPLM. Paris Estate of Mind is produced by Paris Underground Radio. The music, Jazz in Paris, is by Media Right Productions. For more information on this show and others, go to parisundergroundradio.com. This episode of Paris A State of Mind was produced by Jennifer Garrity for Paris Underground Radio. For more great content, join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Paris Underground Radio.